Today's reading comes from Revelation chapter 12. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come, for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, he who accused them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their own lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. This is the word of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Today, as you've heard, is the Feast of St. Michael and all angels. The observance of a day for St. Michael, the Archangel, has been practiced in the church since at least the 5th century. But why is this important? It is appropriate for us to consider this subject because, for one thing, angels are depicted and described in both the Old and New Testaments of the Bible and in every section, Old Testament history, the prophets and the Psalms, as well as in the four Gospels, the Acts of the Apostles, and the epistles of Peter, Paul, Jude, and John. And ultimately, talking about angels today will lead us to talking about Jesus, which is what the angels want us to do in any case. So what are they? Angels are purely purely spiritual creatures. They do not possess physical bodies like we do, although they can appear in human form if they need to. And what do these spirit beings do? One of their functions is to protect God's people. There are guardian angels. As it says in Psalm 91, He will command His angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. I believe that we are literally surrounded by a divine army of powerful creatures who are on God's mission for our benefit. They are also messengers. In fact, the Greek word for angel literally means messenger. Some of the time we have this way of looking at the angels that makes them a little too precious, I think. A little too cute and cuddly. Pay attention to how angels are portrayed. Sometimes as chubby little babies with wings and harps floating on the clouds with smiles on their faces. And I'm not saying that necessarily we need to get rid of our Cupid doll angels, but let's realize that that is a far cry from the majestic beings that caused the shepherds in Bethlehem to quake with fear. Our popular conceptions are often a far cry from the fascinating creatures seen by Daniel, Ezekiel, and John. Alongside the problem of preciousness is the misconception in our popular culture that we become angels when we die. I know that's how it is in the movies, but we don't become angels. And my third point is the problem of rationalism. 
There are some people who have an unhealthy interest in the spiritual world, and there are those who deny its existence altogether. One evening, oh, several years ago, as I was hanging out at a local Starbucks, uh, as I was uh, often at this particular Starbucks, I ended up having an interesting discussion with one of the other patrons. And I'd known this guy for a few years just from uh, both of us being regulars there. He was in his mid-40s, divorced, one child, 12 years old, a high school English teacher in the public schools. And he knows that I was a Lutheran pastor because I frequently wore my clerical collar and, he just, and he'd asked me about it in the past. He would call himself an agnostic. And to make a, a long story short, I'll just say that our conversation turned to religion on this particular evening. The discussion went round and round by a wide range of topics that he wanted to discuss with me, but it remained friendly throughout. But he made two statements that I think are relevant this morning for us. The first comment was when he said, science is my religion. He's not alone. For a lot of people, the only things that they will consider true are things that can be observed with the five senses and measured empirically. If we can't see it, smell it, touch it, if scientists at leading universities have not conclusively studied it, then it isn't real, or at least it doesn't really matter and isn't worth bothering much about. And so it tends to go with the angels. You ordinarily don't see them, smell them, touch them, or subject them to scientific studies. The second statement that he made is related to the first, and he said, I believe we are just animals, and everything we do is so that we can eat and procreate. It strikes me how brutal and cold that is as a worldview and as a conception for human humanity. My friends, we are not just enzymes and urges. Covered in the blood of Jesus, you are the lords of creation. We confess in the Nicene Creed, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. And included this are the host of angels, and they are the ones who rejoice when a sinner repents. So once we acknowledge that there is more to life than can be explained under a microscope and that there are unseen spiritual realities at work in our lives, and once we get past the Hollywood misconceptions, and once we understand that a certain fallen angel is our enemy, what next? St. John, in his first epistle, writes these sobering words. He says, The reason the Son of God appeared is to destroy the work of the devil. We need to know that the fallen angel is a real enemy. The cartoony version of the devil is a little man in a red suit, pointy tail and pitchfork, distracts us from the seriousness of this subject. There is real spiritual warfare at hand. And Jesus was not born to sign a peace treaty with the devil or to work through a process of arbitration towards a win-win situation. In the war of the angels, there are winners and there are losers. The Son of God came to crush the serpent's head, to destroy the devil's work. And he shares his victory with you. His death on the cross was the atoning sacrifice for all your sins and mine and therefore the undoing of Satan's power over you. Jesus Christ is the captain of our salvation, and his scars are the trophies of triumph. 
When you feel overwhelmed with worry or regret, you've got Jesus. When the devil is tempting you, you've got Jesus. When things are falling apart, my friends, remember, you've got Jesus. Tell the devil to scram. His accusations won't stick because you've got Jesus. And today, together with St. Michael and all the angels and all the saints who have gone before us, sing praise to the Lord of hosts with the hymn of the angels. In Jesus' name, amen.